Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Challenge podcast. My name is Challen, and this week I'll be reviewing the absolute dumpster fire that was Game Week 3, the standouts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then end off with my Game Week plans, as well as my captain's thoughts. Stay tuned. Game week three is finished, gone, forgotten, and unfortunately we're here to talk about it again, just to rehash our feelings and remind us how badly we did, or in my case, how badly I did. Hopefully I'm not the only one in that position, but this game week had a lot of different action once again there were goals galore in a lot of the games and there were quite a few dubious handball calls and how the and a lot of chatter as to how the handball laws should be interpreted and enforced and they could have some very big implications on FPL this season going forward I'm sure but we'll get into that later, and throughout the season we're going to get a better look and see. But let's get down to it and review the game week, and then take it from there. Uh, this week I went into the game week with three transfers. Two of them I had two free transfers that I've mentioned last week, and they were Aubameyang and Callum Wilson out for... Kevin De Bruyne and Podence from Wolves and then I also removed Callum Wilson for Albert Lewin wait I just got that very mixed up but I think you understand I basically removed Aubameyang Callum Wilson and Alan St. Maximan and I replaced them with Kevin De Bruyne Calvert-Lewin, and Podence. There we go. Got it right. I'm not going to bother editing that out. Okay, that was, I took a hit for that, and was dead set on captaining De Bruyne last week against a Leicester defence that I was pretty sure was going to concede goals. And going for the inform striker in Calvert-Lewin, in an inform team, seemed like a very good idea. And the same thing for Podence. Uh, Podence looked very good against Man City, and I had all the faith that he would continue to do so. Um, unfortunately, he ended up having a knock, and he didn't play, and therefore got a zero-pointer from him. But my captaincy was on De Bruyne, and as we know, he blanked. Crazy Man City versus Leicester game. Wow, that was a surprising note. No one could have expected five twos at the Etihad. Um, going forward, I guess we probably should have known 
going into the game week. Man City are just not the same without a recognized striker up front. Uh, Aguero's out, and as soon as the news about Jesus not being fit enough for the game, then there were definitely question marks over whether they'd be able to pull it off or not. But I still captained him, hoping for the best, and that didn't help. Going forward, uh, it makes it a bit tricky, the captaincy especially, but we'll get into the captaincy discussion a bit later. Uh, the rest of my team, I mean, I got 38 points overall, basically, and then I still got a hit as well, so 38 minus 4, ended up with 34. It wasn't a good week. Um, my top scorer was Trent Alexander-Arnold who managed to get seven points and three of those being bonus points which despite which shows us that despite him trailing Robertson in form at the moment uh, one return is usually enough for him to get two or three bonus points so I'm happy to have him and I'm happy to keep him at this stage it's good to see Next return in defense was Walker Peters for Southampton against Burnley. Yes, Burnley, away. And I was quite surprised, quite, quite pleasantly surprised, I should say, that he returned. I expected an attacking return against Burnley, but to have gotten a clean sheet away from home, that's always a bonus. And once again, a good good thing for me, uh, Walker Peters is one of the three defenders that I'm rotating at the moment. And I managed to get it right again by selecting the right defender who scored the most points this week. Between him, James Justin, and Tyreek Mitchell. So, happy to have gotten that clean sheet. Besides that, I uh, had Aaron Ramsdale in goal managed to get, despite conceding and losing in a 1-0 effort to Leeds late on, which scuppered my clean sheet hopes late on, but he managed to get three, or no, two, two save points for his seventh save in the game, which in this game week, those two extra points were like gold. And the rest of the team, I hardly had any. Uh, attacking wise I had Salah who got himself an assist and I had Calvert-Lewin up front so he paid back the transfer that I used to get him in. He got a goal once again his form continues and I mean I took him I brought him in for Callum Wilson who also scored but I'm very happy with the decision because Newcastle were very lucky to have gotten that late penalty against Spurs. Um, definitely not a handball in my opinion. And it resulted in Wilson slotting home the penalty with, I think that was the only shot on target for Newcastle in the game. And that came from the penalty spot right at the end. So <laughs> combine that 
match with losses for coins for Newcastle, and it just completely gave why I've made the right decision in my mind to go with Calvert-Lew at the moment. And they've got good fixtures coming up, and the rest of the team is still playing well, so hoping for good returns. And yeah, basically that's my entire team who actually returned for me. Players and some save points. The people who blanked were Mitrovic against Aston Villa. Kind of hoped that he would get a goal there, being at home in the Monday fixture, but Fulham are just looking like ass, so shouldn't really be surprised there. Um, I'm not, to be honest. Uh, the ones I'm disappointed in are unfortunately Son against Newcastle, who came off early. Looks like he's got a hamstring issue, and that could affect my transfers going forward. Um, one point from Mitchell, on my, who came off my bench in the end for Podence. Two points for Werner, which, again, just totally encapsulated this game week for me. All over the place, or Chelsea were all over the place. Literally, so was Werner. He was a left wing, then he was a right wing, then he was a central midfielder at some stage. It's not looking good. And of course, I got a zero from Scythe in defense because of Wolves' crazy loss to West Ham 4 0. So that's my game week and. Honestly, it was a good week to have a bad week, because the average score was, what, 43? I got 34, not the worst, um, since the fact that I did so well over the first two weeks certainly did help, so I think um, I haven't checked. Uh, I think my overall is around the 300k mark. Honestly, I haven't checked, and I, I don't really mind at this stage of the season. It's the kind of thing that I start looking at and worrying about from like game week 10 onwards. But anyway, let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly for this game week. Or in other words, looking at the teams that impressed me and those who did not impress me whatsoever. The good this week for me Starting off, let's go with Brighton. Brighton continued their attacking style under Potter. And it was very nice to see. They're consistently using their wingbacks to attack. Um, Lamptey, once again their star player, got himself another assist. And at, I'm not sure what his price is now, but he's easily one of the top budget defenders at the moment. Attacking output looks good. Bonus points output looks fantastic as well. So he's definitely someone that I have my eye on and ideally I would like to get soon and will once I put out other pies in my squad. Uh, attacking wise, players like Neil Mopay and Trossard are also looking very good. Their stats are good. They're getting shots on target. In Trossard's case, in the last game, I'm not sure how many times he hit the crossbar and the post, but I think it was at least two or three in the same game against United. 
they're terribly unlucky there. But with the way that they're attacking, it bodes well for them, provided they can keep some clean sheets and make sure they get those points on the board. Second team that I'm enjoying, or that looked really good this weekend, was Leicester. Leicester, of course, it's a bit of an obvious one. They went to the Etihad to face Man City and pulled off a massive, uh, massive upset, I would say, uh, in that nobody could have predicted that score. And 5-2 away from home against the juggernaut that is Man City is just something else. Yes, there were a few penalties in the game, but that seems to be part of the course nowadays with the increase of penalties in the game, usually the laws. And of course the main benefactor of that was Jamie Vardy. Got himself a couple of penalties and then another goal and a hat-trick in the end. Looking an absolute monster machine up front and just scoring goals and being the stats buster that he is. He doesn't need five to ten shots a game on target and that kind of thing. He can get by with three shots and score three goals. It's the kind of thing that we don't like to see in FPL because when we look at the stats we think, uh, he can't keep that up. He can't keep that up. And we've seen, I think in his first or second season, oh, when they won the league, when he scored for like 11 games in a row, that entire streak, we were saying, he couldn't keep that up. Nah, he's going to break eventually. The man scores when he wants, basically. Um, looking at the rest of the team, they've got Yuri Tillemans playing in that number 8 role now for them. Really dictating play from deeper in from a playmaking standpoint. And when he's on form, then that engine that is Leicester's midfield, when they're on form. Uh, James Madison in from attacking, number 10 role, same thing. When those two are on form, Everything's looking good for them. Their main worry w was losing Chilwell and the defensive issues with Ricardo Pereira and Johnny Evans, but over these first couple of weeks, they haven't had much of an issue. They're scoring goals. They have Castagna, the new signing, got himself another assist and a 5.5. Looking like a decent option going forward. next team that's looking good so far was quite surprising in the end actually and it was Aston Villa never thought I would say that but these last few games that I mean last week they played against Sheffield got a well-earned 1-0 win against Sheffield at home a good clean sheet for them and considering how bad they were last season in defense it's very good to see and they continue that this week against against Fulham, this time away. Got themselves a 3-0 win. And, yeah, they're playing a more defensive uh, setup this season. Especially, I think, as Tom Post restart. They used to play with wing-backs, with them attacking a lot more. And they were just porous in defence. And ever since they switched to more of a defensive wing-back system it has worked wonders for them so yeah 
another clean sheet for them. Yes, it's against Fulham. Um, their defence is just terrible. But it's good to see that the team is gelling well. Uh, Captain Grealish did well to get on the score sheet. Scored himself a good goal. Talisman of the team. And Ollie Watkins up front seems to be settling in pretty well as well. Hasn't Did he score this weekend? I can't remember. Don't think so. But yeah, he's settling in rather well. John McGinn looking like the John McGinn of old. Getting himself two assists. Linking up play amazingly. And news that broke earlier today out of Chelsea was Ross Barkley joining Aston Villa on loan for the season. So, I mean, they're looking pretty good now if you look at them. They could easily have a decent midfield. And looking at it, I'm not sure where he's going to play in the team, but I'm not even sure about his price. I'm probably assuming it's around 5 or 6, I think, maybe 5.9. Could be a very strong option for them, fantasy-wise. The final team or teams that I was impressed by this weekend was the Palace-Everton fixture. Not much of a result, because we know that was ruined by the handball decision, but it's more the team. Um, they put up an, a very expected performance. I expected a scored draw, and they provided that. Um, Palace did what they do best, which was mainly defending well and then taking advantage of Everton's weakness, which was the set-piece defence. Kuyate getting some of himself a goal. Townsend getting an assist, looking dangerous again. And Everton looking good on the attack. Uh, their midfield linking up very well still. Bodes well for the rest of the season for them. And of course, Dominic Calvert Inzaghi getting on the score sheet again, as well as Richarlison scoring the resulting penalty at the end of the game to win it for them. So, yeah, both teams looking good, promising for them going forward. And we're going to take a quick break, and then after the break we're going to be looking at the bad and the ugly. See you shortly. We're back from the break, and now it's time to look at the teams that did not impress me this week. And I've divided them into the bad and then the ugly. The first team that is on the bad list is Sheffield. They are not looking good whatsoever. Um, zero goals in three games. decent start to the season fixtures wise and they're just not clicking it's they've had their chances they had a penalty in one of the games which was saved but I mean last season they didn't have a great like big goal scorer up front they relied on a lot of set piece goals scrappy counter goals John Lundstrom scoring a lot 
that they need they need a goal scorer and they keep being linked with well, I think Brewster from Liverpool. They they need someone or something because if if this continues, especially with this bad run coming up, they have Arsenal, Fulham, Liverpool, Man City, and then Chelsea. Doesn't look good over these next five games. Um, so we'll have to see how they do. But it does maybe bode well for the save point potential for goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale. So that'll be the silver lining that I'm looking out for it. But clean sheets wise, not looking good. Next team that isn't wasn't looking good this weekend to me, pretty obvious. These two, um, Man City, surprising everyone by getting hammered by Leicester. And the main thing that we knew going into the game and was then confirmed afterwards was without a recognized striker, no Sergio Aguero, no Gabriel Jesus, they're just not the same up front in terms of attack. Um, Raheem Sterling playing up front in that main attacking role just doesn't do it for them. For them. Something doesn't click in that system. I'd almost just consider playing De Bruyne as the false nine and then leaving Sterling on the left where he prefers to operate and then probably Mares on the right, let him do the same thing. I think balance-wise, that's probably the best thing that they can do at the moment, and I hope that they do, as we'll get into later with when we talk about captaincy, we'll see why. The good thing is, is that they're playing Leeds this week, which could be a very open game based on the way that Leeds tend to play so could be good things for them on the horizon second team that was looking bad this weekend definitely Wolves I'm not sure if it was just an off day against West Ham or or what because they lost 4-0 they were looking so good in that first the first game first couple of games and then to come to the London Stadium and get pounded by West Ham United, which West Ham didn't even have David Moyes, their coach, at the stadium due to COVID, I don't know, interaction with COVID players or him being positive. I can't remember if he was positive or not. But, I mean, who knows what the answer was for the reason for that result. I mean, it could be something crazy who knows the players maybe just perform better when their manager isn't there maybe there was something in the bubbles that they blow before the games the West Ham game that just secretly drugged the, the Wolves players into playing badly who knows but Wolves lacked creativity there was nothing there and I mean the only positive out of this for me is that I didn't buy Jimenez last week, thankfully, because he got the own goal. And Hodens didn't play, so again, bodes well for him going forward. Makes the team like he's actually necessary in the team. And again, they can't get much worse, really. Their new signings are going to come in, they're going to start getting used to the Wolves system. And think they can turn around 
this bull just enter, he knows what he's doing, he has an objective in sight, he knows how he wants to play, and that's why his board players are suit that style. And I think bodes well for him. And I think that ties in very nicely to the ugly for this game week. And the ugly for this game week is, sadly to me, the only supporter of theirs, is Chelsea. Chelsea were just terrible this week. Three defensive errors led to three goals, and that changed the entire game. The first, the first error by Alonso headering it straight into the path of an attacking player. It it resulted in the same problem that affected us last season as a young team. We are still that young team, as you can see, because as soon as we make an early error that leads to a goal in the game, then our ability to just relax and not panic just goes out the window. It's like we just forget entirely what we need to do and instead worry about the next possible mistake that we're going to make. And then we become unsure of what we want to do and it just ends in more goals being conceded, as we saw. And as soon as those goals went in, it basically ruined the game for them. Um, for a team that has signed so many players, it's not a good way to try and integrate them into the, into the league and into the team. Because, I mean, we're trying to let them settle into the team. So we're looking for some consistent results, some consistent positions, formations, etc. in order for these new signings to really just chill and get used to it. And as I was just saying about Wolves, they have a good system. They know how they want to play. The manager knows what they want to do. So the new players are just going to slot into their places. And the more they play together, the better they're going to get. But Chelsea, <sighs> it's... Yes, they did well to fight back against West Brom, but that was mainly due to West Brom having the defence of that's compa comparable to Swiss cheese at this stage. They have terrible XG numbers, ex expected goals, chances conceded, just everything was against them defensively. So it was bound to occur that we were going to get chances, and we got so many, and maybe we were unlucky to not convert them. But it hurts a new signing's appeal, especially for SPL, when they don't know where they're going to play half the time. We Chelsea ended up getting to 3-2, I think, late in the game. And yes, I know we were looking for the third goal and then hopefully to win. But we went from playing our regular formation at that stage to take off a centre-back being Thiago Silva and then to bring on another striker. So we had Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud and Timo Werner on the same field with Mason Mount and the other attacking players as well. So def I mean, formation-wise we were all over the place. And result, it resulted in us being very disjointed 
in those final 10 or 15 minutes where we couldn't get past it together. We ended up getting that scrappy goal at the end. With Timo Werner playing left wing at the start, right wing in the second half, and then when the third sub came on, he was playing centre mid. It's it's just upsetting, really. And I understand it's early days and we're waiting for players to come back from injury. But manager Lampard needs to learn how to deal with his side. And he needs to do so very quickly. Or else, we know, the Chelsea board is not a patient one when it comes to not getting results. Okay, uh, enough about that. Looking ahead towards game week four, the week before the international break, and that's playing pretty hard on my decision-making at the moment because in my current team I have two potential problems, mainly Son, who came off injured, and he's not looking like he's going to be fit for this weekend, so either I have to take him out and replace him with one of the informed midfielders like uh, Zaha from Palace, James Rodriguez from Everton, uh, or with a penalty taker, like someone, and save the money, someone from Leeds, uh, Klich, I think his name is, um, or one I'm most tempted by is potentially Son out for Mares from City and go with a City double up in midfield. Though that's could be a bit risky with City not having a striker and that affecting the way that they play. So it's something that I'm gonna have to think about and have to really look, check their midweek game in the Carabao Cup and check the team news and see who's or how they're going to be playing. The second issue that I have in the squad is, okay, yeah, Pedence, I'm not sure if he's going to be fit this weekend, but at his price point, I don't mind benching him if need be. And again, he looks like he's going to be playing a lot more because of how badly the team did last week, so I'm happy to keep him. But I still have Timo Werner up front and as I just said with all the Chelsea talk it's hard to tell how long it's going to take before the team's gelling and how long it's going to take for him to start scoring points but he did hit the bar last time and he did get the assist in the first game and the second game or by winning the penalties so it's a tough one I could be aggressive and take another hit this week, but I'm unlikely to do that. It's either going to be one free transfer, I think. And then uh, the thing is, I would take Werner out if I were to. It would be Werner to one of the other strikers. Uh, Jimenez looking like an option. There's Martial for Man United. But again looking at these other teams, like I'd be bringing in Jimenez, yes he's the focal point of that team, but they just got battered 4-0 by West Ham. And in United's case, they just barely beat Brighton 3-2. So 
and last week they lost to Palace. So <laughs> it doesn't bode well. Like I may as well just keep Werner, who's not doing as badly. Well, he's, he is doing badly, but I don't have to waste a transfer then. But yeah, so if I don't make a transfer, that means that I can go into the international break and have two free transfers. So that coming out of the international break, if there are any issues with the coronavirus or any other injuries, then I can deal with it then. So I'm not entirely sure yet, but we'll have to see. Captaincy, uh, for me, it's... I can't even say it's between anyone. Uh, if I were to, like, my obvious options were would definitely be De Bruyne, Salah, or the form player Calvert Lewin. So Calvert Lewin's at home to Brighton. He could get a goal, if possible, or more. Salah is away at Aston Villa. Aston Villa, as I've mentioned earlier. They've started the season well, defensively sound, two clean sheets in a row. Salah's stats away from home aren't terrible, not terrible, but not as good as at home as we've seen over the last couple of years. I think he has maybe four goals away from home last season. Um, and then De Bruyne playing Leeds away as well. But the thing that makes this more interesting and why I like it as a, a potential option is it's City against Leeds. It's Pep Guardiola against Marcelo Bielsa. It's a team that likes to attack versus a team that likes to attack with possession. So I think it's going to be a very open game, and for that, it depends on where they, what kind of formation City end up playing. But I think there's going to be a lot of space for them to exploit, and therefore, and potentially, if I'm thinking about penalties, Leeds have conceded the most penalties this season so far. I think it's one in every game at least, which again, uh, excites me for De Bruyne. So, I might end up making no transfers, I might end up making one or two transfers, who knows. But we'll have to see later in the week, I'll decide. Anyway, we've reached the end of this week's podcast, and I'd like to say thank you, and that you please like, subscribe on all of our platforms that you find us on, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we're on all the big ones at the moment, except for the Apple ones, which I'm still trying to work out. Uh, so Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, Spreaker, CastBox, TuneIn, literally all of them, Google Podcasts, all of them, just search us, Fantasy Challenge, you'll find us, it's all there. But in the meantime, good luck for Game Week 4, all the best, and I will see you next time. Goodbye.